Welcome to Be the Phoenix of Your Own Life, The Feminine Rising. My name is Julie Paulston. I am your host, and I am so absolutely honored that you stopped by. Each week, I'm going to be sharing my own personal journey, and I'm also going to be interviewing some incredible people that will be sharing their journeys as well, in hopes that we can educate, motivate, and inspire you to live the best possible life that you can. So grab your favorite beverage, maybe a snack or two, sit back, relax, and enjoy. Because at the end of the day, this truly is all about you. Well, welcome back to Be the Phoenix of Your Own Life, The Feminine Rising. My name is Julie, and it's once again, I know you guys think I'm a broken record because what I do is I always talk about the cool people that I have on my show because I have cool people on my show and I have cool people in my life. My guest this week, um, we were supposed to interview uh, last week or the week before, but my poor dog, she decided to have a little bit of an issue. So I had to run her to the vet. She's okay. She's back to her house hippo selfie, you know, <laughs> her house hippo healthy self. So today my guest is Hannah and she showed me a, a picture. Well, not a picture, but she showed me her view from where she's sitting Y'all, I'm like seriously jealous right now. Like, okay, when can I get on the next plane? She currently is on an island that is just south of Malta, which is just below the boot of Italy. Uh, Malta is that, she said it's that little island that looks like it's the grass kicked off the boot as it's, as it's trying to kick. So I met Hannah through some programs after the trifecta of unfortunate events and met her in a couple of programs and was instantly captivated. She has a magical energy about her that is in, you just can't really describe it. She's one of those people that is kind and beautiful and just a good hearted human being. And she does so many amazing things and we can't ever, I can't introduce her any better than she can introduce herself. So I would like you to meet Hannah Cremona. Hopefully I said that your last name, right? So Hannah Cremona, Hannah, tell us a little bit about yourself and then I have a question for you. Thank you so much, Julie. I just want to say that it's amazing how, I, since, we, since we first met, how many times we kept on like coming, going on to the same kind of programs together. Mm -hmm. I feel like we're really on the same path. And every time I often find, we often find ourselves being the naughty students. And <laughs> I, hope, I hope our coaches are not hearing this. Me? <laughs> chatting on the side <laughs> yeah we kind of do that every group we're in we're on the chat talking back and forth then she'll be like julie i need to pay attention oh, okay. <laughs> so thank you so much for having me here it really is an honor to to be in this space and the work that you're doing um so yeah i'm hannah i'm from malta currently in gozo uh, an island just north actually of malta and um yeah, I work as a marketing strategy coach. I work with well-being professionals, soulful coaches and entrepreneurs who are building their online business. Um, I help them strategize their online business and gain the confidence and clarity to actually show up because I think that's the hardest part when it comes oh. to this side of the business. And people don't see that. They just think they need to learn how to use Facebook, how to use Instagram, and really it's everything behind it that we need to do properly so that we can show up as authentic leaders um, in the space. Um, so yeah, 
that's what I'm doing right now um, in the middle of many big transitions in my life on a personal, emotional and professional space, I, I guess. And definitely not the first ones, definitely won't be the last ones. <laughs> right. And that is an amazing segue to my question for you. So we have all been in the shit pit. And by the way, you can cuss on my podcast. Um, okay, thanks. I, I, I have a, I have a pod, I'm, I cuss and I'm cute. It's a nice balance. Uh, so we've all been in the shit pit. We've all been in the ashes of our lives. And some of us multiple times. What is one time that you can think of that really you were in the ashes and you had to rise from those ashes and reclaim that divine inner phoenix? And how has that affected your life since then? How's that affected the path of your life? As you said, we've probably had many. <laughs> it's hard to choose one, but I think really the one that kind of sent me off on a new trajectory was... Um, Probably it was the Christmas of 2014. I had been through a number of, of things. The first one was um, a breakup of seven or eight years. I was with the same guy since I was quite young. And coming out of that, I was a complete, like, I was lost. I didn't know who the hell I was because I was practically brought up with him my, in my teens and early 20s with him and his family. Um, and then sort of discovering and giving myself a little bit of permission to do the things that I wanted to do. And a lot of it was all about travel and, and volunteering abroad and, and all these kind of things that I've kind of pushed aside to my childhood. And I did do that. Um, and I got kidnapped, <laughs> kind of semi-kidnapped in Tanzania and Dar es Salaam in 2000. What? Okay, wait, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> You got kidnapped? Okay, I gotta know more about this. This is this yeah. is, uh, this is it was like terrifying. It was, it was. I mean, looking back, I for so many years I treated it so um, calmly, without any sort of as though it didn't impact me, but it really did because um, it it was just to clarify the situation. It was like two to three hours um, in a taxi which wasn't really a taxi, took us on a different kind of ride <laughs> mm. um, with, anyway, ATM cards and taking off all our possessions and that kind of stuff. Um, it was the, the end of my volunteering kind of trip or period or project that we were working on in a, in a hospital just outside of the city. And we were going shopping and going to treat ourselves to a nice dinner that kind of all went kind of flip side. But um, we, got, I, I think I had really good coping mechanisms during the event. It's just that afterwards, um, apart from breaking down, then for weeks after, I was facing a lot of nightmares. Um, mm. And this kind of followed me for several months. And this is when I was kind of freaking out because I finally started giving myself permission to do the things that I've always wanted to do, but didn't because... My boyfriend at that time was building his business or taking over his father's business. Um, I just started working. You have to continue studying, right? And like all of right. this pressure to continue studying and continue studying, which I did and I don't regret. Um, it was just finally my time to, you know, do the stuff that I wanted to do. And um, I was scared that this was going to hold me back. I was petrified that I'm not going to travel again because 
I really felt like people were running after me. <laughs> Not only in my dreams. <laughs> do you do you think that? Because I know for me, one of the ways that I believe, and and sometimes people are like, "Oh, Julie, you and your woo woo shit." But I firmly believe that sometimes things happen in your life to wake you up, to like the universe, God, universe, spirit, source, whatever you want to call it, is like, listen. We have been trying to get a hold of you. We have been calling you. You have been putting us into spiritual voicemail. You are ignoring <laughs> us. And so you get the little signs and then it eventually it's like, okay, listen, this bitch is not listening to us. We need to get her attention. We are going to smack the shit out of her. Do you think that, and sometimes that smack is not nice, but it's necessary. Do you think that that was the catalyst to really start you on this journey? So as a result, I think so, because as a result of that, then I said, look, I have two options. I'm going to sit at home, cry, and probably be that old fart of a person who said, oh, I wish I can do that, but I, like, I'm too old for these things now. Like, I don't, I don't want to be those people. You know? right. <laughs> I had conversations with those people. Um, and, I, and I just felt, I feel very sad when I hear them. Um, so I was like, well, the other option is to just pack my bag and go again. And that's what I did. I packed my bag. I tried to plan a trip to Colombia, but I mean, <laughs> that's like jumping out of the out of the pot into the straight fire. Let's just go from being kidnapped in Tunisia all the way into Colombia, where you know, okay, okay, where is the norm? Where is the norm? So then I decided, okay, no, let's just not give my parents a heart attack and maybe try Nepal. Anyway, a friend of mine at the time. Um, was going to do the Everest base camp trek and I thought hmm, Nepal seems very like a very spiritual place and maybe this is exactly what I need you know I was a little bit influenced by Eat Pray Love as well and right so there I was I went I took a six-month sabbatical of work at that time I was working with my family business for quite a long time I was building teams sales teams, marketing teams, medical rec teams. The, the business was mainly in pharmaceutical and healthcare products as much as I did cosmetics and skincare and stuff like that. Um, and I went, I went for six months. I started with Nepal and I fell in love. Fell in love with the people. I found an organization that I fell in love with, who, which I'm still involved with. And I'm still pretty much part of the family there. It's a very small grassroots um organization that provides free education uh quality free education in very rural areas of nepal and yeah did a little trip around southeast asia as one does partying the way through <laughs> <laughs> mostly not very spiritual at all <laughs> and and came back home and i came back home with this idea with this dream of being fully integrated you know, this, this version of me that I found on this trip, um, carefree and open and extroverted and confident and comfortable and, and really coming back to kind of integrate that. And at first, yes, I started with a great energy, but as time went on and in the meantime, I continued supporting the school in Nepal, came Christmas 2014 and I was impressed as fuck, basically. I was so empty inside I was so dark inside that I just didn't know what to do with myself it's like I am 20 24 I think at that time 24, 24, 
losing count of my age, but 24-ish, <laughs> 24-25 maybe. Um, and I had, I bought my own place, okay, on Bankstone. Um, I had a decent salary. I have a very loving family. I have a good, you know, group of girlfriends who are really close and connected and bonded. Um, with no drama or bullshit, like very, uh, very lucky to have this group of friends. Yet I felt so empty inside. And I was just feeling like on many ways, I'm aimlessly living, you know, and just walking the walk of, of that society kind of laid out for us. Doing what you were expected to do and doing what I was expected to do especially working in my family business right where my mom um I mean she's amazing she has been my role model in many ways for the good the bad and the ugly right (laughs) it's my mom too I'm like she's my role model in all things and she also drives me batshit crazy so I mean it's it's a balance same here with a lot of love and respect (laughs) love you mom in case you're listening (laughs) I know love you mom (laughs) um but yeah it's like it's like I was expected to fill in her shoes right and to walk her path and it just didn't feel right anymore it felt very heavy it felt misaligned on many in many ways I mean I was getting misaligned with the industry in itself and I had some problems some issues that I wasn't comfortable with in the industry not specifically in my company because god forbid we practice unethically i would hope right what what was the catalyst that made you finally go you know what i'm tired of doing what everybody expects me to do especially in a family that is about medicine and conventional quote-unquote conventional medicine and now you're on a healing journey of yoga and natural and natural healings how did that come about from the time being indoctrinated into quote-unquote medicine to finally breaking free of that this is what I'm supposed to do how did you do that I left (laughs) I just left (laughs) like there's, there's really I just had to trust I had to take that leap of faith to leave and I just had to trust in my abilities I had to trust in in what the universe has out there for me and I went to Nepal to start from scratch and from there I started my interest in well-being and spirituality or rather it grew and I started exploring it more in um, self-healing and spirituality in practices where we're looking at our shit and not suppressing it with alcohol, drugs, et cetera, et cetera, or just dismissing. Yeah. And just always trying to put on that fucking brave face, which sometimes is bullshit. Like, you know, it's, I think, I think that just being in a space where I was allowed to kind of be me to a certain extent, because then we've talked about Nepal and culturally is a whole different story, but <laughs> right. As much as you can, you have the freedom to let go of the constraints of other people's opinions for the most part. Mm-hmm. And I think the, the women that are listening and the people that are listening, I think that's probably one of the biggest things that people struggle with is the fear of 
well, what if I do this and it doesn't work out? What if I do this and I lose all my money? What if I do this and I'm worse off than I am now, which was how I lived before, before like 2020, before the trifecta of unfortunate events, you, you couldn't have taken a dynamite wouldn't have gotten me out of my job because I was making high five figures. I was traveling all over. Um, I had, you know, the respect and admiration of my peers and I thought my life was amazing, but like you, there was something missing. There was that it's, it's almost like an ache. It's like, it's like you feel that calling, but the fear of stepping into your true potential. And it's, it's so funny because it's the little voices of what are they going to say about you? Yeah. What, 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 what's so-and-so going to think about you? How could you really do that? You don't have any education in that. Did you, did you have those same thoughts? I had a lot of those thoughts. I was so petrified of even taking that step of, of just the resignation itself of leaving the job to go to walk my own path I felt I mean mostly mostly it was fear of what my mom would say um because what did she I, say I'll tell you in a second I was living with her or I had just moved out but I was living with her until very recent and I worked with her very closely Oof. so I, I was like her right hand woman you know right and when I finally plucked up the courage, because it took me three months <laughs> from when I decided to when I actually told her, it took me three months. Um, when I told her, she burst out crying. She opened her arms and said, like, if, well, if you don't do it for you, do it for me anyway. <laughs> at, least, oh. at least one of us gets to do it. <laughs> oh, so, yeah. my God. That is like... All right. Way to go. Thanks, Hannah. Make me cry. This <laughs> Sorry, even I'm <laughs> I mean, that is like the best reaction that you could ever hope for. And that is, that is true to me that that signifies unconditional love because yeah. that also showed you that your mom had those dreams herself and never followed them. And how many times do we as women have these dreams of throwing on a backpack and, and being in the United States, even just traveling around the United States or getting out into another country or doing those kind of things. We were like, oh, but society says we're supposed to go to college and then get married and then have kids and have the house and the white picket fence and all of the things, be a soccer mom. And sometimes we have an inner calling that is just gets louder and louder. And how amazing that your mom just basically yeah. took your wings and fluffed them up for you and pushed you out of the nest. That's exactly what she did. So all of that fear and worry and panic that I had leading up, like, and it wasn't only just those three months because this thought had been there for, this calling had been there for a very long time. Right. Since the time I tried, you know, to, before even my relationship started. So all of those years and then after working with my mom and then it was just like, what will she say? And I'll really disappoint her because maybe I'm not, continuing in the family business this means all of these things right um but that was just all in my head and I was assuming and making yeah making assumptions basically it's, it's so funny because right after this I'm doing a class in uh the divine phoenix group and it's overcoming fear 
Yeah. That's, that's what our topic is. And it's so funny that we are having this conversation just before it, because we build up this huge monster in our head. Like it's, it's the biggest, scariest fucking monster you've ever seen in your life. And then it ends up being like Mike Sully from Monsters, Inc. It's a big blue, fuzzy, happy, furry thing that'll hug you instead of eat you. So I think that you bring up such a good point is that we, and especially, I'm not saying that men don't do it as well because they do, because then they have the additional pressure of being the quote unquote provider. Like if I walk and follow my dreams, then I also have this pressure of, well, I also have to provide. Yeah. So how can I provide and follow my dreams at the same time? And as women, we have this pressure to serve and to heal and to be the mother figure, whether or not you have children, but to take care of everybody else outside of ourselves instead of taking care of ourselves inside. So you start on this journey. What's it been like? Um, definitely not straight and easy <laughs> and definitely not all wrong. <laughs> which I think is an excellent point because people think that success is this linear line that goes from point A to point B and you arrive and you're like, ta-da, I'm successful. When actuality it's this, it's this squiggly line that are up and down and around and round and I think, like, yeah, up and down, round and round. And I think what is, what this journey has been like is really identifying patterns in different mm. areas of my life and how they present themselves. And each time going, oh, I recognize this. <laughs> oh, I've seen you before. I've seen this before. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I mean, this when you talk about fear, this even shows up on a professional basis as well, because for me, being in the coaching and consultancy phase, um, place, space, has been a desire of mine for many, many years, where it's, um, I could never own my experiences and, and skills, but instead I went on to this, like, I went from blogging and this and that, and I started doing all of these other things because I was too scared to actually step into that, you know, next level me. Um, so, yeah, I made up all the stories and all of the excuses of why I'm not good enough, why I'm not qualified enough. Right. <laughs> what would, what would people say about me? Da, 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 da. But, mm-hmm. um, but I think thanks to the personal and inner work that I have been doing, then I started recognizing these things more and more. Um, doesn't mean I, they still come up. <laughs> oh, and, yeah. I think, and, I, and I think they will continue to come up. I think every time you're, you're growing and you're taking that next level, I think you're going to face some of that, I think. At least that's what's been happening with me. Um, it, it's uh, every level is a new devil. There's exactly. something different at that next level. And what what's funny, it's kind of like in video games, you can't get to the next level until you've slayed the demons at the level you're at. Because otherwise, if you go to that next level and you carry all that baggage with you, you're just going to slide back down. So you slay the demons at this level and then you rise to that next level and the fire just keeps getting hotter and hotter and hotter. And I think it's there to test you, number one, to see, am I really, is this truly where my dream and my passion is? And I think that the flames, not they don't burn you, but they burn what no longer serves you. But in the process, it gets real fucking hot. Yeah. Real hot. 
So what are some things that you do? Cause you, you talked about doing the inner work. What are some of the things that you did that maybe somebody that's listening, that's like, I'm, I want to do that, Hannah. What are some of the things that you did to help yourself? I think I started doing like daily self-care practices, um, simple things like journaling and just like looking at my own thoughts, trying to observe what's going on. Um, I took a deep dive into a retreat once, which was um, very activating. And probably that is really the start of me kind of really breaking free from these identities and these masks that I was holding. It was like the initiation. Hmm. you know um it was a seven day retreat in, in bali and it was really on on this on on on, on uncovering it's called the naked retreat i don't want to advertise in front of people but <laughs> it was getting naked like right. removing the layers of shit that we hold on to and all of these masks and identities that we associate ourselves with or maybe that other people associate us with and for me that was um, an introduction into a lot of therapies, into a lot of practices on emotional release. So understanding my emotions better, um, knowing how to process them better, knowing how to relate to other people better. So I can't say it was like one, two, three. <laughs> right. But I think a range of practices and curiosity. I think I think that is the best thing that you like, exploring and being curious um with lightness because when you're unpacking your shadows when you're unpacking the dark stuff it's not nice no um and sometimes it's painful but you need as you said you need to go through the fire and it's hot <laughs> i get also kind of come up and come up sorry i got things happen and i just like blurt out <laughs> i'm sorry she's like julie let people finish i'm like no wait get really excited <laughs> One, I had a guest a couple of weeks ago and she was talking about, you know, when you unpack the shadow, sometimes your biggest gift is in the shadow because you think it's this horrible thing about you. And then when you pull it out of the shadow and you bring it into the light and you actually look at it, you're like, oh my gosh, this is actually beautiful. But because we've kept it in the shadow and we think of a shadow as this dark, icky, horrible place, it's just a place that the light hasn't hit yet. So there's gifts in there that you just haven't discovered yet. And I loved that perception of it because there's so many people, I've had people reach out to me during this podcasting adventure and they're like, well, Julie, make it really sound really easy. Grab a crystal and journal and drink some holy water and you're going to be all better. And it's like, no, that's not how this journey worked. You can shove a crystal up your ass and pour essential oils over your head all the time and chant home for 10 hours a day. It's not going to change your life. It's really what you said. And being curious because sometimes people are like, Julie, I hate journaling. Well, okay. Just be curious. Try it. If it doesn't work for you, then it doesn't work for you, but there's something else out there that does. So if you're not curious about it, and if you don't, if you appreciate, if you approach it in a manner of, oh, well, Hannah told me I have to journal. So I guess I'm going to journal. Oh, Hannah told me I have to unpack my shadows. If you do it from a place of feeling forced, it's really hard to discover a gift. Yeah. Yeah. If you do it from a place of, huh, I wonder what it'd be like. I love the what if game. What if it works? What if I woke up to $1,000 in my bank account? 
what if this happened to me and do it in a positive sense? That's one game I like to play is the what if game. Yeah, it's funny you say, it's not funny, it's it's so spot on <laughs> that you say um, when the possibility and the likelihood of actually when you put your shadows in the light with love and acceptance and how you can see how this becomes your gift. Um, I think for a very long time, I was always like the carer or the one that always tries to fix people. <laughs> the rescuer. The rescuer. Um, and for a long time, this was my, my struggle. It was like, it was my, my bad sign, you know, in a way, right. I'm always trying to fix things and fix people. And, and then I was like, no, but I just see so much potential in, the, in them. And it's like, oh, exactly. That, and I've kind of turned that into my gift of, I help you see your, your potential kind of thing, um, where, where you don't see it. Um, I just need to be invited to do that. <laughs> right. <laughs> I think that's one of the challenges of being a coach is you see like your friends and people and, and you're like, oh, but if you just do this, this, and this, and they're like, am I talking to my friend, Julie, or is this coach, Julie? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> so now I have to back off and just wait for the invitation to somebody say, what would you do? Oh, okay. Now I can approach it. And yeah. I, that's funny because that's how you found your gift of coaching is, is yeah. You looked at all this, oh, I'm a rescuer. I take care of people, blah, blah, blah. And it's the universe's way of saying, okay, Hannah, let's bring this into the light. Look, yeah, you do yeah. get to help people. You do get to help them see their potential. You do get to, in a sense, rescue them, but you're not rescuing them. You're just giving them, instead of jumping in the hole with them, you're just putting the ladder down saying, I'm at the top. I'm going to coach you up the ladder. You just have to trust me. Yeah. So I noticed that in my, in my, when I was healing my personal side of relationships um, and I had already kind of decided to be a coach because I, I reflected on how I worked in the past with other people and when I was building teams and how I would mentor them basically because I saw their potential, mm -hmm. right? So I, I, would, I would help them move forward um, and then that combined really gave me clarity of why I'm here and what I'm doing. Um, so yeah, it was that combined, but the personal development work and seeing it and seeing the shadow and bringing it to light and knowing how to use it. Plus then observing how I've been working in the past, when I felt an alignment, when I felt good about it um, and bringing that kind of together. I love that. I, somebody told me one time when you, when you think that you can't do something like that shadow comes up and it's like, I'm a rescuer and I just take care of people and I'm fix people all the time you look at it and then you're like, but I, I want to be a coach. And then, but I'm not good at this really looking at it and saying, is that true? Mm -hmm. And asking yourself for facts, give write down 10 facts that prove that you're not good at it. And when you can't get any and you're pissed off, then go over it, write down 10 ways it's worked for you in the past. And you will always find ways it's worked for you in the past. And it's so much more than ever how it didn't work. You might have a couple of times that it didn't work. And that's, it's supposed to happen like that. Like you said, it's not just linear from A to B. It's like A, D, A, Z, B, C, then it's back to A. And 
it's almost like I, I it's a cha-cha. You, you go forward a couple <laughs> steps and you go back a couple steps and you go forward a couple steps and you go back and then you spin a couple of times and you dip. And it's, it's this dance of life that, that is so phenomenal when we realize that it is a dance and that you get to choose your partners. Exactly. Because lots of times we feel like, well, the, the universe put this person in my life. So I have to have this person in my life. Mm. No, you get to choose your dance partner and you get to choose, okay, is this going to be just one song dance or are you kind of cute? And I want to keep you around a little bit more. So I'm going to dance a couple of dances with you, but it doesn't mean that you're going to dance through the rest of your life with people. It just simply means, and this is relationships, friendships, family, you can dance with family and then your dance card could be full for the rest of your life because you don't have to have those toxicity. You don't have to have those people in your life because nobody said you don't have to do anything. And I said one time, well, the only thing I have to do is be white and die. And somebody said, well, define white. Are you true white? Do you like put a piece of paper up? Does it match your skin? Well, no. Okay. Do you have to die? Do you really die? Or do you just transition into a different dimension? Do you transition into a different phase? I thought about that. I'm like, wow, we don't have to do anything. Yeah. Now, I mean, we kind of need, we need to follow the laws. We need to be good people. But when it comes down to it, you don't have to work that nine to five. We all have a choice. Mm -hmm. I think we forget that as human beings, that we are given free will. Yeah. Whatever you believe in, whatever your higher power is, whatever you want to call it, you've got free will. Free will comes with consequences. A choice comes with consequence, but you still get to make the choice. Nobody's saying you can't make the choice. So what are yeah. you doing now? Now you're in Malta and, and view is out of the ocean <laughs> off of your balcony. Nope, not jealous at all. And it's funny because like I can go 10 minutes down the road and be on white sandy beaches. So, but it's just the exotic, you know, being over there in, in Europe. So I'm coming to visit I think, you. Yeah, I think over there is more exotic, but anyway, <laughs> I'll take that. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody in the United States is like, girl, what are you talking about? You, wait, no. And that's so funny because it, it brings up that other, that perception. Exactly. Like you, you see the pictures that I post because we're friends and, and you see the pictures that I post and you're like, oh my God, that is so pretty. And then I see the pictures that you're posting and I'm like, oh my gosh, that is so pretty. It's really perception. That's and we do that so much in our lives. So what's the next step for you? What do you, what do you, what are you working on? Um, right now I am working on a number of projects of some exciting stuff coming out which I can't really talk about now because it's still at the beginning phase um but yeah some grouping group grouping group coaching uh programs that I'm very excited about because it's really bringing I think all of the years of my experience into one space um and high access to to me and I think this has been the best sort of part of my life I can say that I get to watch people step into their authentic power and show up and serve others and empower them with their gifts and their knowledge and their wisdom and we get to use these spaces like social media which we're all in a panic about oh my god <laughs> but we can't we get people are like it what Facebook was down I'm like oh yeah. obviously you're not on there very often but for those of us who live on social media 
for our jobs, it kind of was that, holy shit, what do we do? Yeah, but it kind of made me reflect um, so much about like, okay, why are you here? How are you using this platform? How are you consuming information? Who are you consuming it from? What are you sharing? How are you sharing your your knowledge and your wisdom? You know, and I think I think um, it just made me think a lot about our relationship with social media. Um, but anyway, that's just an aside. I kind of played over there, but um, yeah, I have some uh, masterclass sessions and lives going on in my group which is free and open to anyone who's building an online business and who's a service-oriented person, especially from your wellness, well-being, spiritual space. Um, definitely, this is the space for you. It's very intimate. I like to get to know all of my members personally so that I can help more, um, more effectively and bring content, awesome. that, so, bring content that says. So if somebody is nine to five in the wellness, can they join your group too? Do they have to be on? No. Okay. Good. Definitely. Definitely. If they think if they if they're thinking of of making that move, if they're thinking of being freelance or starting on their own, um, I think this would be great. But I think even when you're working, even in a job um, for other people, but you are the service provider, you do want to be getting in those clients anyway, right? So yeah, I think this serves too. So what is your group name? Good question. It's called Alliance Digital Marketing. I said good question because I'm actually thinking of changing it, but it's currently Alliance Digital Marketing. Cool. And I'll drop the link. Yeah, I'm going to have the link in the show notes, which means you guys need to, to go read the show notes. I tell you this all the time, go read the show notes because all the access to Hannah will be in the show notes. So like I could talk to you forever, you know that, but unfortunately there is this thing called time. Yeah. Uh, I have a question for you. I ask everybody the same question at the end. So the person who's listening, who is literally in the pit, who is in that dark space of, you know what, that's all great, Hannah, um, but I don't even know if I want to be here tomorrow. I just am hollow. I'm empty. It's dark. And I really don't like my life. What is one piece of advice that you would give that person to help them to start to see the light? I would say go fill your cup, like with whatever small thing that is available to you right now. Go fill your cup because ultimately it's, it's what's inside us, I think, that kind of brings, I'm trying to find words for, for what I'm, what's happening here. <laughs> the words are not matching right now. <laughs> what's happening in my mind and the words are not matching and I don't want to discount like tragedies and things that happen and and disasters I mean this is these are things that happen sure but we need to be comfortable and confident with ourselves at the end of the day and um, no matter where we are who we're with what we have it's us that we need to be with and live with so go and do something within reach, within access that's going to fill your cup or be with someone that. who can hold you. And hold space time. for you. To hold space for you. Um, yeah. Oh, it's so funny. I, I never tell anybody that question. 
And in the 30 plus episodes I've recorded, nobody has ever given me the same answer. Really? Now I'm sure that, you know, once I got 500 episodes under my belt, there's going to be reoccurring, but I, I love that message of fill your cup because you cannot pour from an empty cup. And we, as women do it all the time and we should never even pour from our cup. We should be pouring from our saucer. What is overflowed out of our cup? What is the overflow? Exactly. Um, and I, I, I think I think I think I have tried to serve so many people from an empty cup and it's just not good. <laughs> no. It's it's not good on them, it's not good on me in the long term. So I it's yeah, I think filling your own cup in whatever way you can. Even yeah. if that means knocking on your best friend's door or on your family, friends, whoever, someone to ask for support and help so that you can get through, I think that is what I would do. I think. That's what I, yeah, yeah. I, I tell sometimes it's, it's grabbing a pillow and screaming and doing scream therapy. I think that's one of the best therapies I've ever had is scream therapy. I've done it in my car, just like driving down the road, screaming at the top of my lungs. And there's just some, there's a, a huge release that happens and that can be filling your cup, just sitting yeah. outside and listening to a bird thing for five, 10 minutes. That that's the beginning of filling your cup. It doesn't mean that you have to go out and spend a thousand dollars on you know, something to start, whatever is going to give you peace in that moment. I love that. I love yeah. That. I mean, it could be, I don't know, cooking yourself a nice nourishing meal, or it could be jumping in the sea, or it could be dancing, I don't know, or screaming or punching pillows. Sometimes yeah. works for me. <laughs> yeah. Have you been punching and then exercising and, and run? Sometimes, even though I hate running, sometimes it's just running from mailbox to mailbox. It doesn't mean you have to go for a long run. It's just that burst of energy that's just going to move the stuck energy in your body so that it can start to work its way out. So, oh, I love you, my friend. Thank you so much for this, Julie. This was, it's this was amazing. Yeah, it helped me also reflect on, on yeah, my journey. Yeah. And I, I think I can't wait now to go into the group and, and talk about fear because you gave me so many little tidbits of, mm-hmm. of really, you know, how to, that fear is going to be there no matter what we do and really just make friends with it and understand it and become, become being able to, I, I look as fear as, as like a person with a t-shirt that says fear across it. And I'm like, and she looks just like me and I'm like, oh, Hey, how's it going? So we're doing this again, huh? Okay. What are you here to teach me? Are we really in danger? No. Okay. That's not a saber tooth tiger. Oh, okay, good. Well, it's, and how can, how can I, how can I move through it? So I think that this has been an extremely amazing conversation. I am so grateful for you. I appreciate, and I honor your time and uh, I am going to visit you. I will be there to visit and take lots of pictures on the boat and go out and go swimming and all that good stuff. I will put all the notes, how to find Hannah, if this resonated with you. And I believe in that I'm not always going to be the coach for people and they might resonate with Hannah. So if Hannah resonates with you, go to her group. It is on Facebook. It is Align Digital Marketing. Go find her friend, her follower. She is an incredible human being. So I would, I would recommend that you get part of her world. It is a magical place to be. Any last thoughts? Believe in yourself. 
believe in that inner knowing, believe in that inner child. Don't ignore her. I love it. Give, I love give it. it, give it a voice. Ah, love it, love it, love it. Well, with that, my friends, we have wrapped up another episode of Be the Phoenix of Your Own Life. And as I always tell you that you are enough. You were born enough. You are enough as you sit. You're not too tall. You're not too short. You're not too fat. You're not too skinny. You're not too light. You're not too dark. You are perfect exactly as you are. And if you could only see the divine light that shines back from your eyes, you'd never doubt your greatness again. So until next week, my friends, enjoy and be kind to each other. Thank you so much for spending your time with me. I appreciate you. And remember, you are loved, you are treasured, you are adored, you are worthy, and you are so more than enough. I hope that you were inspired. And if you were, please feel free to download, share, and leave a comment. I would be eternally grateful. Thank you so much and have an absolutely magical day.